Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 806 with Dominique Henderson. If you're feeling stuck, Dominique's got some pro tips to help you get unstuck. So you'll learn one, the framework for managing any problem. Two, how to make big changes easier and achievable. And three, key words you need to erase from your vocabulary. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items that we've referenced, please visit us at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP806. And here's a bit about Dominique, Dominique Henderson, CFP is a husband, father, and thought leader in the financial services industry. His personal mission statement is real financial advice has the ability to change family trees and everyone deserves an opportunity to change their family tree. As a certified financial planner, coach, speaker, podcaster, and author, Dominique works to help people get unstuck in their finances and careers so that they can be the best version of themselves. When not serving his clients, you can find him enjoying a glass of wine, traveling with his wife, or spending time with friends. Now, here's Dominique. Dom, welcome to How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to chat about some insights from your book, Assess, Address, and Adjust, A Practical Guide to Becoming Unstuck and Achieving Your Goals. Could you kick us off with your favorite, the bestest unstuck story that you got? (laughs) Well, I mean, I got a lot of those. The bestest one would probably be, so I, I really figure that I married up been married to my bride for 25 years now. And one of the things that she taught me or told me as an observation when I first started my business about six years ago was that, hey, so you're a financial advisor. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, so, and you're hiding behind your podcast, not showing your face, and you're trying to get people to trust you with their money. And I was like, whoa, that's a really good insight. And so even that right there helped me get unstuck because I think some of the things that we realize and that I've, I've realized in coaching people is that getting out of our own head and unlearning things that we maybe perhaps we've been comfortable with or other people have told us, but just getting that outside perspective, I think is really, really one of the foundational truths of what I'm trying to convey in this book. And that's probably my favorite story about being unstuck is it started with me. Mm-hmm. Well, and did it work out? You, you got your face out there? Did that bring in more clients? <laughs> Somewhat. I've got my face out there, maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a good looking mug, Dom. You got that going for you. <laughs> I appreciate that, Pete. <laughs> well, tell me, as you're doing your research and putting together unstuck, was there any particularly surprising or counterintuitive discovery you made along the way? So... We have to go back a little. So Unstuck is the product of a couple of things. The first is, if I'm just being really honest and transparent, my own selfish ambition to be like, I want to be a writer. I've got a lot of stuff in me. And the pandemic afforded us some, of course, unfortunate things, but also the, with me particularly, the the luxury of time, if you will, and to reflect. And what I was noticing as a financial advisor, as well as a, a coach and consultant to financial advisors or in at least aspiring financial professionals, is they're kept on resurfacing this theme, Pete, of people feeling like they had not reached their life's potential. They were not living out their life's purpose. They were not fulfilling what they felt like they were on this earth to do. And as I kept having those conversations, it kind of dawned on me when I was sharing those with my wife and just peers and my mastermind, 
is that I actually had some pretty good frameworks for working out what I would call where people were, which was this this stuck place to become unstuck. And so that was the genesis is really the pandemic. That was a blessing for me because it gave me a lot of time to reflect on those conversations and actually put some things into action to help people. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, so then could you lay it on us then? What's the big idea or or main thesis? If there's an actionable takeaway, we got to remember, what is it? Yeah. So I think the, let's just start with the title and then we can kind of dig a little further. So assess, address, and adjust to achieve is a framework that I've used for quite some time. And it's not just because I like alliteration and I like the letter A, it was just because When you think about a problem that you have, let's just look at weight, right? A lot of people may not be happy with how they look. They look in the mirror and they go, man, Dom, you could you could do better. You could look better. What about those six pack abs that you want? Right. Well, first, I have to kind of assess my situation. Right. I have to see where I am um, relative to where I want to be now. We may introduce a scale into the situation because it's a pretty objective measure for where I am and where I want to go. And then I have to address, right? I have to say, okay, based on what I'm looking at, I want to do something about this, right? I need to address the situation. And then I move on to adjust. That means behavior-wise, I can decide to diet. I can decide to work out. I can decide to do both. You know, I can hire a gym buddy or whatever. And that's the way that I achieve the goal that I want. So I think when we look at a problem or set of problems, whatever we're doing, that's the rubric that I've kind of laid out to kind of dissect what stage you're at in relation to getting to the end result that everybody wants when it comes to fixing a problem. Okay. Well, let's say the problem we're finding in our careers is that we're just not feeling it. We lost our mojo, Dom. So I used to be fired up and energized and now it's just kind of ho-hum. And I'm wondering, do I, do I need to find something else? Uh, I don't know. If we find ourselves in that place, how do you recommend we, we work through this assess, address, adjust bit? Yeah, I think I'm always a big fan of Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap, that zone of genius part. Like, what do you, what do you like and what do you love to do? Start there, right? What was it about the job that originally attracted you to that? And if you were to just assess where you are right now, what about the job is not so exciting, right? I think a lot of times it's easy for us as humans to kind of look outside of ourselves for answers to what may be feeling as a problem or a a reason that we're stuck. But then to kind of say, hey, Dominique, let's just use my own personal example. So I've been in financial services for 22 years now. And six years ago, approximately, I was in this really successful firm from all the metrics and stuff you do in this industry. But I was not like really liking the rat race. Like I was like, to your point, like my mojo was gone. I wasn't motivated to go to work. I was just like, oh, I got to go through this again today. And my wife was noticing this behavior in me and we were talking about it. And she was like, well, maybe you need to start your own. Like if you feel so strongly about the way financial services should be rendered, maybe you need to do your own. So I think people need to start with those questions about, hey, this is where I originally was thinking about this job or how I was thinking about this job. And it's it's moved away. Maybe I've changed. Maybe the job has changed. Maybe the career, the industry has changed. Do an evaluation on that and get back to what you like or what you love to do. Okay. And so when we do that evaluation, one bit is thinking about our zone of genius, what do I really love, what's important to me, any other key steps in that evaluation? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plenty. So I think the first part of this, and we talk about this in the book, these three pillars that I think all success is kind of placed on. If you kind of think about this as a three-legged stool, you have your perspective, you have your program, and you have your process. So your perspective is just your outlook, your, your North Star, your philosophy in life. Like, how do you view things? Are you a glass half full guy or are you a glass half empty? What is it that gives you how you view the world? I think that first has to be a very, very healthy spot because sometimes, and I talk about this also, we can sabotage ourselves because we are too pessimistic. We may, we may be a little bit too cynical about the situation or we're just, you know, we're, we're the victim all the time, right? So your perspective needs to be healthy. And I think when we're talking about a career situation, um, especially <laughs> with how the pandemic has changed things, right? We went from being around people possibly and interacting and having all this feedback, if you will, to now we're remote working, right? Or there's, you know, there's not that we go into the office two two times a week or something like that. So perspective is really, really good to kind of revisit to make sure that you're coming at your particular problem and this goal that you're trying to achieve or wherever you're trying to go, looking at it the right way. And sometimes, Pete, we may have to employ other people, right? We may have to ask a wife or a spouse or somebody close to us that doesn't have as much bias that we may have looking at our own situation. So I think that's the that's the beauty about perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then you actually have a full-blown 30-day blueprint for approaching <laughs> this stuff. Any key actions then that pop up along the 30 days that are really transformational for folks? Yeah, I think the, okay, so like as we go back to the the, the three pillars, let's revisit that. We take about 10 days or so to deal with your perspective. We take about 10 days or so to deal with your program. And we take about 10 days to deal with your process. So your perspective obviously is your outlook. And that's how we talked about that. Your program is kind of how you run things. So when I say run things, think about a operating system to a computer or, you know, an engine to a car. Like you've, you've got to have a way that you take your human capital your purpose, your will, your volition, all that kind of stuff, and translate it into the world as some type of productive thing. If you're not doing that, it's going to be really, really, really hard to achieve goals <laughs> because, you know, the, the only way that the, that the world really works is an exchange of value, right? Um, so that's your program. And then your process is you really need to have an organized system on how you're going to spend your time. It may be you like I can name some things, but there's like getting things the give, getting things done method by David Allen or Tiago Forte's building a second brain. There's all these different systems that kind of organize your thoughts and how you're going to spend your time and how you're going to basically be valuable and show up in the world. So what the blueprint is doing is concentrating some time on different the different um, points in, along that journey and affirming you as you go through there. So like one big insight I think that most people don't really incorporate in their lives that I've seen particularly powerful is accountability. Mm -hmm. And having someone that knows your situation well enough that can tell you, hey, Pete, I know you said you were going to do this. You said you were going to do 100 podcasts this year and you're only at 50 and there's two weeks left in the year. So like, let's assess right now, like whether or not that was a realistic goal and if this is something you can achieve. Like, but as your buddy... I really want you to get to this because you said all these good things, yada, 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 was going to come from it. And, and now you didn't achieve it. So like, 
How, how are we going to fix that? So it's really, really crucial, I believe, to have that in your life. And sometimes, it's, it, sometimes it doesn't feel good. Like rarely mm-hmm. does it feel good if it's done the right way, because they're they're noticing things about you that are you know could be you know defined as blind spots in your life. So I, I think that's one thing that I like in the the thirty day blueprint that if people do it, I think it will work for them. But often, like I said, it can be difficult because it's not the most comfortable thing. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge on accountability and just the the power of when you commit to someone else suddenly it's it's realer and, and it's it's not make believe in your head it's entered reality and you're going to have to talk to somebody about it well here's a cool story so my wife uh, was in education for 10 years uh, and most recently as an a, a, an administrator at a public school and she decided to leave her job uh, January of this year. And when we were just going back and forth about the different ideas and her her talent and her skills, skill stack and, and all this kind of stuff, I was like, you, you should really consult and kind of use some of the classroom management you used in, in your career for teachers, because teachers are struggling with that. Educators are struggling with that. And I told her, I was like, one of the first ways to do that, I mean, you know, easiest ways is to just get on social media, right? And just do this. And so I, I challenged her. I was like, do what I do with all my consulting and coaching clients. Get out there on social media and post something every day for 30 days. Well, she went beyond and did it for 54 days. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she went from zero to like 36,000 followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, she, so she really so she really went at it. But the point is, is I was her accountability. I was like, hey, this is what I think you should do. I'm going to hold you to it. And she was like, yeah, this is a good idea. And she went with it and, and, it, and it worked for her. That's cool. All right. Well, so we've assessed things. We've got some accountability. Any other transformational approaches when we're looking to make a shift? Yeah, I think, you know, one, and this is not a subtle thing necessarily in the book. It's it's very pronounced. We talk about this also, which is vision, right? I think vision is so important. When, I, when I'm sitting down with a wealth management client or somebody that's trying to get into the financial services industry, the first thing I talk about is what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? In the case of a wealth management client, like, why do you want to save a lot of money? Like, oh, I want to retire. Okay, what do you want to retire for? Well, because I want to spend more time with the kids. Okay, well, you know you can actually spend more time with your kids without retiring. Like, <laughs> we don't need a, bu- a pile of money to do that, right? We can we can really think about the things that are important to us. And one of the questions I always ask is, why is money important to you? Like, what is it going to afford? And so getting back to our why, you know, what? one thing I know, Pete, uh, is that as a kid, I used to dream a lot. Like I used to think I could be anything. I my my I didn't really have these self-limiting beliefs. I didn't have boundaries on where I can go in my mind. But then reality, quote unquote, sets in as an adult, and I I dream less, right? So I think one of the things that I really implore people to do is to dream more. Like have a vision for where you want to go in life, and really define your why. I think it helps so much on the journey, right? It's not going to be roses all the time, right? You might gonna have you might have some difficulties there. But I think the vision, having that North Star, if you will, really, really invigorates you to 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 be the best that you can and show up the best person you can. All right. Well Dom, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we hear some of your favorite things. One of the things that I I was thinking about when I wrote this is I really wanted people to finish this book with the idea that I can. I really wanted them to literally remove from their vocabulary that I cannot. 
because from I cannot comes so many negative things, but really to have I can. And here's the deal. I can may take some time. More than likely it will. You may have to develop a new skill. You may have to become a different person than you currently are. But to eradicate from your vocabulary that I cannot is was really one of the, the things that I think motivated me to finish this and to get this in people's hands. All right. Beautiful. Well, now could you share a favorite quote so that you find inspiring? So if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're probably right. Right. That's one thing that comes to mind. I think that was attributed to uh, Henry Ford, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. The other one is uh, and I think they, they get the attribution on this wrong. But the I think it's Mark Twain, the one I know, which is it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you think, you know, for sure. That's just not so. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the fact of unlearning something is so much more difficult than learning something new and challenge yourself. I, I do this all the time is I challenge myself to earn, learn, unlearn concepts that don't benefit me anymore. All right. And a favorite study or experiment or bit of research? I like Tiago Forte's Building a Second Brain. I think this is a really interesting notion for knowledge workers in today's time, because I have always been the type of person that collects information like artifacts. But before I came across his work, I was not really great at being able to retrieve what I knew. And that was because I was trying to use my brain to do it. Just like I don't use my brain to remember phone numbers, I use my cell phone. He has a really, really interesting framework, which I mentioned in my book also, about building a repository that allows you to retrieve information really, really quickly. So that it may be Evernote for some, it may be some other type of um, software that you use, but the, the framework that he has around it is, I think, excellent and probably would serve most people well. So that would be something to kind of look into if if you're one of these people that collects a lot of information and you're always like, where did I put so-and-so? Whether it's in a digital or a physical form. Mm -hmm. And a favorite book? I've been reading a lot about the infinite banking concept um, by R. Nelson Nash. So um, just recently I finished uh, Killing Sacred Cows by Garrett Gunderson, but I've already I've always got a lot of stuff on my my nightstand. Favorites would probably have to go along the Andy Andrews. He's a very favorite author of mine. I love the Noticer. I love the Noticer. I've read it a couple different times. Do I get another favorite? No, oh, sure. Okay, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I love that one. I read that a couple times. So usually when it gets in my Rolodex, like the second or third time, it, it means that it's pretty significant. All right. And a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? Oh, man, I couldn't live without Evernote. Evernote is my go-to of just brain capture, right? So if you kind of think about the thousands of ideas that run through your mind every day, how do you keep track of those? Some of them, you know, obviously don't need to be written down. But for the majority of those that, or at least for creatives like myself, you know, you'll have something that you need to come back to later. And Evernote is like kind of my go-to because I can get to it pretty quickly as long as I have my phone, which I do always. Mm -hmm. And a favorite habit? <laughs> this is, I don't think it's advice. This wouldn't be qualified as advice, but I love probably three to four times a week and maybe more, if I'm honest, a nice glass of red wine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And is there a key nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with folks? You hear them quote it back to you frequently? Choose your version of hard. I think we have a lot of agency and more choice than we give ourselves credit for, or sometimes willing to admit. 
But we get to choose our version of hard, right? A lot of things are hard. Most things in life that are worth having are hard. Choosing your version of hard is probably something that I've heard more often than not, especially inside of my community. Uh And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? I would point them to Dom Henderson SR, as in like senior.com. Dom Henderson SR. Dot com is the hub for everything. You can get to the wealth management side of the stuff that I do, and you can also get to the podcast, blog, and all the other fun stuff there, too. All right. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs? Yeah, I would say don't be so preoccupied, if, that's, if I can use that word, with what others are doing, right? I think one of the problems that I've had, just personally speaking and being transparent, with my growth over the last six years as an entrepreneur, at first I was way too concerned about what others were doing and particularly comparing myself to others. And so I think comparing yourself to others is a recipe for failure. From a notion of replicating, duplicating what is already working somewhere, I totally get that. But I think where I took it and where most humans take it is they do that better than me and I'll never be able to be as good as they are at that particular thing, right? People look at my podcast or my YouTube channel and they go, Dom, I can't do video like that. I'm like, well, you can start. You can start somewhere, right? So get out of your head about comparing yourself with people. Stay in your own lane and be awesome at what you do, not what Pete does or what Dom does or what somebody else does. Be awesome at what you do. All right, Dom, thank you. This has been a treat. I wish you much luck and minimal time being stuck. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. I really appreciated Dominique's perspective about how comparing yourself to others is a recipe for failure. And I think there's some interesting nuances there in that often, (laughs) I could always make a two by two matrix in that comparing yourself to others is frequently a recipe for failure if you think, well, I'm not not as bad as that guy, so I guess it's fine. So it's a recipe for failure in the complacency side. Or, oh, that guy's so much farther along. I'm such a loser. Well, that's no good either. Compare and despair, I've heard it said. And then I think there's also a niche of comparison that might be useful in certain circumstances if it's stoking positive competitive fires like, ooh, I'm getting better. I bet I could get even better than that guy if I work a little harder. So there's a good energy, a positive vibe associated with it. Or if you're thinking, whoa, if that person did it, then that's really possible for me too. Because I see some of myself in that person. So that comparison brings some inspiration. So I've been noodling on some of the wisdom of Dominique. Hope you are as well. Again, the show notes, the transcript of the links to items that we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP806. Hope to catch you next time and peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.